You're now locked into Zone 32. Max Mikado, Grant Durflinger, Jake Miller. Only on NeutralZoneInfractions.com. NCI Properties. And ladies and gentlemen, we're back at it again. It's the Zone 32 podcast presented to you by NeutralZone Infraction. Follow us on Twitter at NCI Properties and online at NeutralZoneInfraction.com. It is episode eight, Thanksgiving week. We have a lot of ground to cover as always. Now we're going to start right off the bat and skip the introductions because we've had breaking news as of Tuesday. Uh, the Ravens have had several personnel test positive for COVID-19, as well as close contacts with uh, staff members and players having to be quarantined and perform contact tracing. Um, As of this recording, we don't have a full list yet of all the players will be out of action, but some of the confirmed names uh, include Brandon Williams, Pernell McPhee, uh, Iman Marshall, who already was on injured reserve, um, just Oh, and then, of course, we can't forget uh, two of the starting running backs, uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram. So definitely a huge blow heading into Thursday night's Thanksgiving game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which, again, as of this recording, is still on pending further positive results. But, gentlemen, before we get into Thursday night's game, we have to talk about the way that, that this week has turned out between these positive COVID results and the injuries and just being decimated in general coming out of the Ravens loss in overtime to the Tennessee Titans. A heartbreaking loss in a near must win game, uh, 30 to 24. Grant, I'm going to start with you. Um, I know you like the two of us. I mean, we all three of us together, we, we have had a lot on our minds and not a lot of it positive, but have at it. What are your thoughts on this past Sunday's game? I mean, just a rude awakening, dude. Like, I mean, we talked a little bit last week. You know, we talked about, you know, kind of it being like a must-win, not must-win type thing. But at the end of the day, like, we needed to win that game. Um, and we discussed that as well. Uh, that was an ugly loss. Uh, it, it was one of the more painful losses, I think, that I can uh, – I, you know, since probably the last time we lost to them in the playoffs. Um, you, you Physically beating a team – Non, I mean, we had our way with them the entire game. You know, the Ravens were just doing whatever they wanted at will, offensively and defensively, um, controlling the line of scrimmage, everything. Um, you know, still back to the whole thing, these receivers, man. Like, you know, yeah, I guess you could say some plays are getting open. You know, the, this is going to be a whole different side of it, of everything. But people being, you know, the whole Ravens fan base kind of dividing itself as to Lamar, anti-Lamar, or whose fault it is or whatever. People getting called out. Like, dude, everybody's got their own opinions on everything. At the end of the day, nobody's executing. Um, you can't blame it all on Lamar. He's doing everything that he can do with what he's got. You know, people are saying, well, he should have hit this guy. Yeah, you notice that after you watch three replays to see the guy wide open on the sidelines. But with the interior line the way it is, you know, granted, the line did better than I thought they did. were going to do. Um, but, it, you know, when you look at that, it's like, dude, okay, go watch, go back and watch that play a fourth time. And Lamar's got somebody in his face. He's making a quick read. He doesn't have time to get to that second and third progression. So, like, it's a lot of different factors into one thing. Um, I mean, I think there were, you know, some positives that came out of everything with the game. You know, I thought that, you know, Macari played well. Of course, Bozeman, I like him at right guard. You know, he's he looked really good. Um, 
you know, there's, it's, it's shuffling. It's, it's a trial and error. You know, the players have come out vocally today, yesterday, you know, saying, you know, if you want to jump off, jump off, basically. You know, I've been with this team. I've ridden with this team since I was 12 years old. Like, I'm 34 now. So, like, you know, I've seen it all. I've seen all the bad quarterback play. I've seen the bad coaching decisions. I mean, I sat there and watched us, you know, lose to an 0-15 Miami Dolphins team because Brian Billick wanted to kick a safe field goal on the half-yard line instead of punching in to win the game. Um, you know, like different things like that we've lived through, we've seen, we've gotten smoked multiple primetime games. You know, I went to a game in, against Peyton Manning and the Colts in 30-degree weather, freezing rain, and they went up – that was the Anthony Gonzalez game. They went up like 28-6 to six or 28 to six or something at halftime or 35-6 to six or something. We got out of Dodge. Like, you know, like there's different games that we've all been through. The seasons unfold how they unfold. But guess what? That's why they play 16 games. Um, the game itself, it should have been a W flat out. Um, you know, we went back to old Ravens football where you get up big on somebody, then we just play it cool and try to play it safe. You have the weapons, the athleticism. You're beat up on the on the line of scrimmage. You got all this COVID stuff going on. Like, you know, take advantage. You know, run it up. Like, don't lay off at all. And I don't understand with having a competitive mentality how coaches half the time don't want to do that. And it's like, let Lamar be Lamar. You know, he already has zero freedom within the line of scrimmage. People are like, why did he run that play? Why didn't he do this or that? He doesn't have the freedom. They don't let him – sit there and make audibles, make checks, make adjustments. He gets what he gets, and then he has to make it work. You know, he might shift between a run and a pass, but that's not – man, that's, you do that in peewee as far as an audible at the line of scrimmage. So, like, the, he gets a lot of hate. Yeah, he should make some of these throws. Yeah, he does need to play a little bit better, but I think he's playing phenomenal for what he's, what he's got working with. And, you know, the Titans are a good team. You know, the Titans are the Titans. They're a playoff team. They're coached very well. They're an aggressive team. They're gritty. They run the ball hard. They control the line. They play football. They don't try to get cute. Um, when they get cute, it's it's technical. You know, if they do run a trick play, it's well-designed. They set you up for that trick play, and it works. You know, that's what coaching is. You, you, you make the next play to set up for the future. And our coaches play play-to-play. How many times are we going to run the ball on first down? I'm getting so sick and tired or running a play action when the run's not successful. What are you doing besides throwing your timing off? Like, and I'm not a coach. Yeah, I'm not getting paid, but you know, they get paid. And for me as a casual fan that loves the game of football and I know how to scheme things, I can sit here and tell you that. And, but you know, it's football. We got games left. We're not out of it. The COVID stuff scares me for Thursday because the Steelers are hot. They're on fire. They're a tough team. And I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like that the game could get canceled if even one more person gets positive. Um, but you know, it, it was a shitty loss. Uh, we just got to grow from it, but everybody needs to, to pump the brakes. I mean, have I said myself, yeah, we'll get smoked on Thursday. Yeah. If we go in with a bunch, I mean, it is a rivalry game. We've all seen Ryan Mallett go in and win, but the way that we're playing right now and the way the confidence the Steelers are playing with, if we don't come out hot and no mistakes, I'm talking stupid holding penalties, you know, dumb penalties down the field on defense, you know, we don't get breaks on those calls. So we have to be even more disciplined than other teams. So, I mean, I think it's possible that we can win. It's any given Sunday or Thursday, but um, you know, we gotta, we gotta step on the gas and we gotta step on the gas now. 
Now, Jake, your turn. I want you to unpack for me what you saw coming out of Thursday's overtime loss. And just generally speaking, the, the state that the team is in currently after, what, what is it, a two-game skid, three out of four now? That's correct. We've lost three of the past four games. I still think they're going to the playoffs, probably at 11-5, maybe 10-6. and six. But if they do get there, they're getting knocked out early. This team doesn't know how to finish and is frustrating. They continually beat themselves. Good teams don't beat themselves. They, other teams have to beat them in order to do so. Pittsburgh doesn't beat themselves. New England back in the day didn't beat themselves. You had to play perfect in order to beat them. Same thing with Kansas City. This team, on the other hand, <clears throat> you can go back to Pittsburgh. Four turnovers, all the costly penalties. Bad officiating aside, you're committing dumb you're committing dumb penalties. You're turning the ball over at inopportune times. You're experiencing miscues like the bad snaps, especially in New England, even in Indianapolis, which I was there. Like they're beating themselves consistently. Receivers aren't aren't consistently getting open either. Teams are sitting back playing more zone, having all eleven on the all eleven watch Lamar. So if he scrambles to the right, everyone's pursuing him, and Receivers aren't getting open in the zone, which is insane. Back in the day, the Joe Flacco-led Baltimore Ravens, he kind of welcomed zone coverage just because the receivers are at least get open in zone. They couldn't, they couldn't separate man-to-man. Now, you can't find holes in the zone because it's, I guess, a lack of patience. Also, the interior of the offensive line has been much maligned for most of the year, and deservedly so. Makari did play well on Sunday. No bad snaps. Not many pressures that I'm aware of. Of course, I'm also a layman who's just sitting there watching the TV telecast, so I could very easily be wrong when I make an assertion like that. But even so, with all the shuffling going on, losing a Hall of Fame right guard in Marshall Yonda after due to retirement, Ronnie Stanley being out for the year because TJ Watt fell into his knee, then Tyree Phillips going on IR, but he's designated to come back, so he might come back, which would be cool. But, I mean, the, the shuffling along the offensive line, Lamar didn't trust any of his receivers outside of Mark Andrews, and obviously he's a tight end. I mean, he hasn't trusted any of his weapons. The running game hasn't, been, hasn't quite been there. Yeah, they're the number one rushing attack in the NFL, but there's no doubt, like, they used to dominate teams on the ground last year. They're not doing the same thing. They're running well, and they're still – leading the league in rushing, but it's not the same kind of dominance as it was a year ago, which, I mean, is bound to happen when you lose a couple of key players. But it's not all on Lamar. Yes, he's regressed, but it's not on him, not necessarily on him. I mean, what else are you going to do when your number one receiver is Willie Sneed? He's a, he's a nice player, but he's no number one by any stretch of the imagination. And he's trying to – they're essentially having him work Make and make chicken salad out of chicken shit with the cast around him. Defensively, I don't understand why the hell why the hell the collapse happened the way they did. The <clears throat> DBs playing off. I've never liked X. Baltimore historically has always been a team that prides itself in big physical corners that bully you at the line. Yet, of course, teams have adjusted to that by getting in bunch formations to where you get one DB to press in the slot and then another to play over the top and play off. And Marcus Peters kept getting burnt by that little corner route that Corey Davis would run. Just 
quick little inside move, then go outside. Consistently got beat like that. The tackling was horrible in the fourth quarter. Early on in the game, it was fine because Derrick Henry did nothing up until the fourth quarter. And then he got loose, and they couldn't tackle A.J. Brown, which got to credit Tennessee. They're a, bit, they're a team that prides themselves in big physical players along the skill positions. A.J. Brown's, what, 6'1", 220, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of like an Anquan Bolden, but a little faster. Derrick Henry's a grown-ass man. You, you see the, the social media picture that went around with he and Mark Ingram, where Mark Ingram looks small compared to him. I mean, they wear teams down, and you got to give his hats off to them. But, I mean, you're up two scores. You invested all this money into the defense for them to give up and collapse the way they did. It's unacceptable. And at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if they lost to Pittsburgh. Let's be honest. With every with the players going on COVID, with the injuries they're dealing with, with the lack of inspirational football that they've been playing, they just, it wouldn't be surprising. Also, wouldn't be surprising to beat them because that's just how those games go. We've beaten them with Ryan Mallett, and they've beaten us with Charlie Batch. That's what it is. I'm glad you mentioned the whole not playing inspirational football thing. So we we have all gone back and forth with our fellow writers about this, and it kind of I think the 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 conclusion we can come to as we turn the page to Thursday night's primetime matchup on NBC against the Steelers is that there's you you can't tell the whole story of Lamar Jackson's season by just statistics. But you also can't tell the whole story just by the eye test. So I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. And we're we're going to define the word regression here as we get into this conversation. Obviously, you can't match or top an MVP caliber season like last year so easily. We knew that there was going to be, you know, some sort of statistical regression. We get that. I think the problem that we're seeing here is there's inconsistency because while the numbers support that Lamar is doing better than it looks, the problem is the team has not been stringing together drives in the same dominant fashion with the same consistency. They'll have a great drive here and there, especially running no huddle or hurry up offense, but then they'll go three and out twice in a row or turn the ball over at the worst possible time. And it's just, it, I think the team just isn't putting it together and probably won't for this season. I think we, the three of us have resigned ourselves to that fact, but Grant turning to you and turning our attention again to this Thursday night game, if it occurs Thursday night, or even if it occurs this weekend, this matchup against the Steelers is a tall task. Grant, walk me through what is this team going to have to do besides the obvious? And that's, you know, kind of hope and pray and wish and shit in one hand and hope in the other and hope that you walk away from this game unscathed. What's this team going to have to do to upset the Steelers in a game that in any other season in the past five years could have been in the Ravens' favor? They're going to have to dig deep. They're going to have to come together. This is the type of, of, of opportunity as a team. You got all the doubt, the doubters nationally. You got your own fans, you know, semi-doubting you you know the faith is there but we know that this isn't the team that that we all love you know as far as you know play like a raven mantra and but you you have the ability to do it but they're gonna have to just come together as a unit because this is where this is the type of game where this could spark a run and you know a run can spark a lot of interest within the playoff atmosphere so you know if they get hot right 
you know, people start coming back from these COVIDs. People start coming back from injuries slowly. You know, people start getting more comfortable in the offense. You know, throw that X up. That's a little shot at that. Um, get that man the football. Now, th- this whole game, I mean, the Steelers are playing, you know, we all know the Steelers are going to catch about every break they can possibly catch. So we're going to have to play our A game. I mean, and it, sometimes the A game isn't the best. I mean, look at last night, for example. You got the Kansas City Chiefs came out with a W, but the Raiders played the best game they could possibly play, essentially. So it's like, you know, going back to what Jake said, you know, you have the, those types of teams like the Chiefs, you know, I hate to say it, but they don't beat themselves. They make teams beat them. And look how good the, the Raiders played and lost. So, you know, this is, this is the type of time of the year. You're on prime time. The whole world's watching you. This is where you make a statement. This is where you shut up all those ESPN insiders. This is where you shut up all those Twitter warriors, you know, sitting there just trying to troll and troll, you know, talking about. But it's like, look in the mirror, bro. Like, we have the ability right now to make a statement on Thursday. And as much as I think that the game could go either way, um, it's got to, we have to, we have to win that game. I do think it's possible, but like I said, everybody's just going to have to come together. I mean, receivers going to have to get open We're, I mean, I'm going to harp on it again. I talked about it on Twitter. I talked about it last week. You know, I'm getting sick and tired of the play breaks down. I'm watching other teams every week and their receivers go into a scramble drill and get open, run to the passer, find an open lane, sit in a hole, something or stand there with their thumb up their ass and sit there. And then they try to stock block. You are in a route, bro. Why are you stock blocking? Get open. They don't know what you're doing at this point. You're, you run a 4-2, Marquise, get open. Like, you know, all these receivers, it's like, dude, Lamar, every, what, three out of five pass plays is making something happen where he has to either step up in the pocket and move around to his right or left, or he's a play action where he's rolling out a boot, something like that. Get open. Like, that should be easy money. And we don't do that. And those things are going to have to happen. We're going to have to tackle. Claypool's a big boy. He's going to be on the outside. I think Marcus Peters was off last game. I don't know what it was, but something during the game, he just didn't look like himself. Marlon Humphrey didn't look like himself. You know, he even attested to that after the game. And, you know, but, you know, players have down games. You know, those guys get paid too. This isn't a perfect league. Nobody's perfect. Things are going to happen. But it's them coming together that's going to make the difference in that th- in that loss that we had last week and a win on Thursday. Now, Jake, to set you up, we talked a bit earlier about this. First off, Grant, thank you for calling Marquise Marquise because Marquise Brown is going to be Marquise. He's not Hollywood until he uh, earns his pay. I've seen, no lights, to- I've seen no camera and I've seen no action. Exactly. But, Jake, to, to set you up a little bit, this game – put it in context for our listeners the AFC North title is essentially on the line here um, if the Ravens lose this one they may not or are likely not to make up ground to the Steelers and the Browns are in play for the division title depending on how the rest of the season goes um, but that said it's almost as if the Ravens are playing for the playoff lives as well even though the rest of the schedule looks favorable Jake what is this team going to have to clean up with what little scraps there are left, what little meat there is on the bone to, to walk out of this Thursday night game unscathed and to set themselves up favorably for this stretch down at the rest of the year? Well, you saw a blueprint for it when that loss to Pittsburgh coming off of the bye week. Run the ball, 
do that just as effectively as you did that game. Don't turn the ball over. Don't commit dumb penalties. He's the illegal formations, the false starts, the holds, which have been going unfavorably towards the Ravens when holding calls general are down, and the bad snaps, the running wrong, like, yes, the little things like that. Missing assi- missing assignments or blocking. It's Those are the things you need to clean up. You can't beat yourself if you're going to beat the upper echelon teams. I mean, you can look back to week eight, regardless of whether you had the same players going or not. If they don't turn the ball over four times, they probably beat Pittsburgh. That's a 14-point swing with those two interceptions. Oh, easily. I mean, that's, that was what it was. So all things considered, they can be beat. You're good enough. You can beat them. You just have to do it. You have to not beat yourself. And that's what separates the good teams from the mediocre to bad teams. Don't do that. Don't do stupid shit. It's the, it's the simplest way to go about it. And not Play. to interrupt you, though, but you mentioned the, le- the illegal formations. Those are driving me nuts personally because how many of those have happened that have called back a first down? Can, a lot. A yeah. lot, a lot. Like any kind of po- like positive if gain going, it gets called back. Or like the false start yesterday. With that, well, not yesterday, but on Sunday with that third and inches. Yeah, it was a bad spot, but I mean – the false start right there, all of a sudden you go back to third and six, then, then Lamar has to make the throw to Mark Andrews, and it's a little off, and Mark Andrews had to make a spectacular catch, and he didn't. Yeah, so Lamar I mean, got that first down. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a bad spot, and that ref, I'm not going to say what I did, what I called him on TV. I won't do that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, he is, he is a less-than-ideal official for our brand of football. Just the, like You need those kind of dudes who – don't want them to be on TV. You don't want their names called. Be like, no, nah, man, just let them play. It's it's good. Uh, you just kind of clothesline that receiver. I right, know that's good. That, that was a clean play. It's all right. That's that's kind of what you need. But even said, it's not even a bitch about the officiating. You doing that consistently is is mind boggling to me. And doing those things. Also, I think G. Rowe and John Harbaugh need to take the training wheels off of Lamar Jackson. He's the MVP. And if teams and defenses are figuring out what you're doing and guessing right when, because obviously linebackers and DB like linebackers, like the mic will always try to figure out what the opposing offense is doing. Maybe they'll call that out. The key is give your boy a chance to audible, at least change the play to something else. They realize that ain't going to work. Call something that does call some damn quick hitters, shallow, shallow cross something. I mean, damn. Because, I mean, your protection doesn't hold up very well when you go to a five- or seven-step drop. You have to convert a third and 13 because you just got called back because a play gets called back due to a hold. I mean, damn. So, all things considered, it's the simplest thing. Don't beat yourselves. Don't turn over the ball. Don't commit dumb penalties. Don't yeah, – really, that's it. Don't turn the ball over. Don't commit dumb penalties. Don't, don't commit miscues like – Bad snaps, missing missing or blocking assignment, running the wrong route, or even giving up on the play when the defense has it covered. Your receipt was it? How was it? Marquise and Devin Duvernay can both run the, like between the four twos and four fours. You have a couple burners on the outside, so when Lamar's going to scramble, he can hit someone deep. You have a chance, but I mean, if you're just gonna stand there, that's a problem. 
because then nothing's going to get done. Now, all of a sudden, you become a blocker. Don't treat him like that. He doesn't want to run. He even says that. He consistently tries to look down the field even when he can get a 15, 20-yard gain. He doesn't want to do that. But all things considered, that's what you need to do. Don't do anything stupid. Well, guys, hopefully uh, no one does anything stupid in this game, whether or not it's played Thursday night or Sunday. So we're going to keep our eye out for a potential schedule change. But regardless, I mean, this is going to be a mash unit heading into Pittsburgh. Um, so to wrap up, just a couple of quick hits for uh, this week's NFL action. Of course, you have your traditional Thanksgiving games with the Detroit Lions starting the day hosting the Houston Texans. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys host the Washington football team at 4.30 thereafter in a battle for pole position in the NFC East. Then we turn our attention to Sunday's action, highlights including the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray visiting the surprisingly third place New England Patriots and Cam Newton with the Patriots looking to keep pace in the AFC East. You've got PJ Walker and the Carolina Panthers visiting the Minnesota Vikings in NFC action. Uh, one of the highlights of the afternoon and only the second of three matchups between winning teams an AFC South battle potentially for the division, the Tennessee Titans visiting the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, you have just, excuse me, Justin Herbert and the, uh, L.A. Chargers visiting Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And then we uh, turn our attention later at 425 in the afternoon Eastern. We've got the third of three and only three matchups between winning teams with the 9-1 Kansas City Chiefs visiting Tom Brady and the 7-4 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sunday night football sees the Green Bay Packers hosting the Chicago Bears in a must win for Chicago to keep pace in the NFC playoff race. And on Monday night, you've got the Seattle Seahawks and MVP candidate Russell Wilson at seven and three visiting the Philadelphia Eagles at three, six and one on life support with the potential to to maybe lose the NFC East outright if they drop this crucial contest with uh, either Washington or Dallas getting a leg up within that division with only a few games left to play. So guys, I want to thank you again for joining me. And I want to thank the listeners for joining us again this week, as they do every week. This has been a special Thanksgiving edition episode eight of the zone 32 podcast more all 32 coverage next episode we promise but in the meantime you know i hope you guys have a great holiday stay safe we'll see you on the other side thanks for listening have a great rest of your day see ya turkeys turkeys overrated he tried to <laughs> max grant jake zone 32 only on neutral zone infraction.com nzi properties